Hey, it's Shastin Rains, and welcome to Crosswalk Church. You're listening to Today's Presence, a podcast in which Pastor Tim hosts conversations about culture, daily life, and what the scriptures have to say. We desire to bring you encouragement and hope during this time. So once you finish this podcast, make sure to visit crosswalkvillage.com to find more information about our church and additional resources from our pastoral team. Hey, this is Tam and Sam. This is Tam and Sim. Sim and Tam. My name is Uh, Sam. Again, we're not getting better at this. Um, So this is the Daily Presence or Today's Presence. Uh, Thanks for being here with us. We're just basically letting you in on a conversation that Sam and I would probably have had anyway, except now now there's actual questions that come in from people who are apparently listening. So thanks for that. why are you just, over there? You're, just chuck- <laughs> you're just chuckling over there you're just laughing everything, over there. everything about this intro is just not good it's <laughs> here's tam and <laughs> i literally said our names wrong and we you know we don't even know the title of the <laughs> i i'm for it though i'm for it well because you know Stepping into this podcast world, right? There's this world of podcasting and there's people who take it very seriously and are very good at it and, and probably make a lot of money at it. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think that's the wrong way to do it. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, I, have no, I have no research for that. I have no, it's just an opinion I have. They're like, podcasts should be... So this, I've always liked... This has nothing to do with anything, but I've always liked like when you go and watch a band and like, it's like they're having inside jokes and you kind of get let in on an inside joke for a little while. Like they're like, oh, here's the conversation we've been having and and you're here. So apparently you're going to hear some of it. Like, that's what I want a podcast to be. Cause like, I'll listen to certain podcasts and even like certain faith leaders, their podcasts are so well produced and it's like 22 minutes of answering. Here's five points and six. (laughs) This is what you do. And then, and I'm always like, oh, I, I could have just read a book for that. I don't need to listen to you talk about that. Like that's a weird presentation. This is podcasts are for like, I don't know stuff. Maybe I do know stuff. That's my take on it. I think our podcast is more about hanging out with us than get ready to learn five lessons that will change your life. At the end of this podcast, you will be able to. Um, but what I think is hilarious is that you you say, I listen to podcasts that are well-produced, that are, Profound to have profound knowledge being imparted. Ours is not that. Ours is terrible. <laughs> Why are you listening to? You should not probably waste your time. What are you drinking today? This. What are you drinking? Um, okay, so so my first my first was an AeroPress kind of like let's get the morning going kind of situation. <laughs> and I didn't even I didn't even really lengthen it. Like it was kind of the double espresso. Like, ugh. and yeah. then the second one. So. <clears throat> So I brought, I'm not going to lie. I brought one of our espresso machines home from the church um, to make, to make espresso, but it doesn't work. It's an older one. It's one is one that was donated right at first. And the thing is served us well, and it probably is on its last legs. So, so I made, I made some espresso, but I didn't have anything to do. So we have this little um, Brevel like milk frother that I've rarely used. So I I think it's pronounced Brevel. It's French. Oh, continue. Sorry. Are we going to go back to the language conversation? Because I want to be clear. You don't really speak Spanish, so I don't know why you're quoting French to me. I mean, I know it's a romance language, but I'm not sure you know. Anyway, um, I'm going to – anyway, I used this milk frother, and I did it with oat milk, 
and oh. and it was it was quite good. I, honestly, it was quite good. And so I uh, I so then I put a little chocolate in it, and I made myself a mocha like a mocha latte. It was quite wow. good, and I know it was super it's super extra. But like my stomach had, I had taken some hard black coffee, so I needed something a little softer. I'm getting Wait, old. Is, I'm getting old, Sam. Which we're going to talk about today later. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned in our podcast. Maybe we are good at this. That was foreshadowing. I knew that was coming. Mm, yeah. But now that I let everyone know, it shows we're not good at this again. <laughs> announcements. Let's do announcements, shall we? Um, do you have some? Um, the usual. Q&A, send questions in. Tim and yeah. I are eager to talk about your questions. Yep. Podcast at crosswalkvillage.com. Also, um, if you want to be part of a small group, we have started a lot of different small groups online. There's a pastor's Q&A small group that we did last night, actually. That was kind of fun. Talked about a lot of good stuff. And then um, there's also support groups, COVID support groups going through stuff. And if you want to just be in a small group, um, in general, we can get you connected with that. So you can go to the crosswalkvillage.com, hit the Lovewell Home um, button and that opens up all the information of what we're doing through this time of COVID quarantine. Your Tuesday night uh, group is uh, Q and A about the sermon from last weekend, yeah? Particularly about the sermon from last week, but, but we kind of danced around a lot of topics last night. So good. What's one What's one topic that you found interesting? People were asking you about last night. Theodicy was the question. Mm -hmm. How do you you know the the question of um, the defense of God in the midst of suffering, which is technically the definition of theodicy, but really it's the question of suffering, right? Why, why does it come? Where does it, where does it land? Who's responsible? How do we deal with it? We're going to tackle that one next, next uh, podcast. Okay. Uh, Ooh, let's devote the entire time to that because lots of the questions that we're getting are about that. Right. Um, and it's a question that humans, we have, we have, constantly have to go to every time there's suffering anytime there's right um anything going wrong we we've got to come back to and wrestle with it because i don't yeah anyway so oh that'll that be is, a good one yeah. i was gonna say that's fun but <laughs> that doesn't feel right that doesn't um, feel i right. want to ask before we get to the question um the the q a section about your life right now you are a professor adjuncting an adjunct professor Adjunct, adjuncting is adjuncting. That a verb. I'm adjuncting. Uh, uh, yes, adjunctificating. Um, <laughs> in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how's that going? Uh, it's new. It's good. Um, I'm teaching a class called Religious Faith and Life, RELG two six seven. Apparently. Thank you for um, giving us the the code name for a yeah. number for your. Class. I had to write it down a bunch yesterday. That's the only reason I know it. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm teaching it. There's, it's a four hour class on Monday nights and it, um, because I was like, Hey, I'm doing this online. I can accept any student that wants to do it. So that I think there's 40 students in the class. And then I realized 40 students are going to be turning in homework. And that was the stupid thing to do. <laughs> I should have cut it off at like 12 or four, four would have been perfect. Yeah, but it's it's a two hundred level just, class. Just so cut their assignments down to hey, we're only going to write one paragraph. This this term you only turn oh, in. I had one a kid. Line. I had a kid who did a reflection paper on on steps to Christ, and yeah. I was like a one page reflection paper. One page is not one paragraph, friends. There should be more than one thought, and I would argue maybe there wasn't a whole thought in there. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that's mean. I don't mean that, but I do mean like a whole, a paragraph shouldn't last a page. Let's put it that mm, mm. Yeah. So you're, you're delivering the content through. Yeah, through man, Zoom? It's, 
it's Zoom. It's Zoom, but but I'm trying to handle it a little bit differently. So it's a four-hour class, but I don't think that's reasonable. You can't make somebody sit in front of a computer screen for four hours listening to somebody lecture. So I've tried to handle it in a few different ways, and I don't know if this is going to be helpful for anyone. But um, the way I do it is we spend about an hour and a half, hour and 20, hour and 10, hour and a half in class, kind of a Q&A with the asking questions about assignments, what kind of the content material. And then I create... Um, at least I did for this week. We'll see if it continues to last. I created online lectures that are about um, 10 to 15 minutes a piece and I break those up so they can listen to those kind of asynchronously. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't necessarily build on one another. It's topical um, of stuff that we're dealing with within the class. Um, so that's another probably hour, hour and a half worth of material that they can jump into. And then they also, because we're exegeting the book of Romans, actually, in this class, Religious Faith and Life, that's one of the things we want them to understand how to study scripture. So we took the book of Romans. And this is a class my dad taught for, I think, 47 years. Wow. So, so I get to build out of that. And interestingly, I did a series in Romans um, that was exegeting the book of Romans, 29 weeks in Romans, half hour sermons apiece. So they're going to go through those as well as lecture and um, take notes on those um, wow. through, throughout the time. So they're getting their class time. They're just not getting their class time sitting with me because I think the way that we deliver this information has got to be different in this, in this um, online world. I think it has to be different than we've done it before. It's, this is a bright new day for people who have learning styles that are not that haven't been addressed in the one model we've had, which is sit down for right. four hours in a brick and mortar classroom and listen to me talk at you for four hours. Like that's been the, the lecture model has been basically how we've thought about teaching right for for generations this emergent this covid emergency is probably going to be really good for people who don't learn that way yes and no so my daughter's dyslexic and everything she has to do now everything she submits now is written she doesn't get the benefit of some class discussion where she would oh. get participation but wouldn't have to write it um, so that's been more difficult for her so your learning modality or your learning disability you still have to figure out how you do variation. For instance, she was in a, um, she was, I think she actually switched classes, but she was in a, um, a special ed class. She's an elementary um, education major. She was in a special ed class for elementary, elementary teachers. And um, she was having to write all this stuff. So she has a learning disability. And so she said, hey, I'm going to turn in some of this stuff that you're asking us to write. I'm going to turn in by video. And the teacher apparently had to like think of it and be like, well, let me think about that to see if that's okay. Well, <clears throat> to me, it seems like a no-brainer, right? Of course it's okay. This is a special ed class. There's a special ed need here. Let's figure out the variation. But Ironic, ironic. But yeah, so I think it was, I think Hannah actually dropped the class because, and jumped into another class because she, she wanted to, first of all, it's a really important class. She wants to understand it really well. And she didn't think that this may be the best delivery system for that. But also that was a little bit of an ironic situation mm. for her. It's going to be, look, I, we are not higher or educational experts, but right. Not by any means. We could, we should probably have a guest sometime in the future, come and talk to us about um, what the future of education is going to look like. Yeah. That would be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, because hey, do you think do you think they're just going to let all the students back without any sort of variation um, in the fall? Like, whoa, no, it's we, just normal. I don't think that. 
No, and and you and I were talking earlier about a one university we know of that students are 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 signing a petition asking for the way that they're they're graded to be changed. Right. Yeah, they're looking for pass fail um, yeah. in this time. And I, you know what, I, I have a tendency to agree with that right now. If you want to know the truth, because I don't think we really really understand the trauma people are going through. I think it's mm. significant and I think it's a lot bigger than we, we have a tendency to think that it is. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, it's hard to concentrate right now because Tim is playing with his camera. Oh, As sorry. I'm looking at him, there's all kinds of shading changes and, uh, not that anybody can see this, but it's, it's important. It's important that I look good. No, it's a dude. I, I'm just trying to figure out this new technology I've been given to, still communicate with my congregation. It's bad to have a camera that makes you look the way you actually look. That's not a good thing. Accuracy may not be a good thing. It's not helping. I look old. No, no, no. Yes. Um, You look uh, old. Old. (laughs) It's the best word for it. But the good news is I've looked old since I was 30. So Listen, no. Tim, we are... Let's move on to the next question, which I will address, which will actually deal with this. Yeah, I've been trying um, to prompt you there the whole time. That's why I keep saying that. Think, oh, see, I'm see, this is I'm not a I'm not a good host of this. Um, uh, we have an actual listener question, and when I say actual, it's not <laughs> were, that we're <laughs> were you saying the other ones weren't because they might not have been. <laughs> They were, they were, but this one, this, I'm saying actual, so no one thinks we're actually making this stuff up. <laughs> the actual question is, what is it like to age? I think that means this for you. <laughs> oh, but can we, I want to, I want to, I want to recognize something here, which is Sam is way older than I am. He looks younger. He looks younger. He looks like a, like a young Brad Pitt. Um, but but he's much older than I am. Sam, you are, how much older um, are you than me? You're two years, three years. Three. You're three, three years. years. Yeah. yeah. So that means you're yeah. mid fifties. You know? <laughs> but as you say, I look 21 because I did not live hard like you did. Tim. Oh, is that, is that what it is? He lived the life of the prodigal out there. I just went gray the, early. Just, <laughs> I just went, I think I was malnourished when I was a student missionary and I started going gray. <laughs> I think that's what happened. And then the body went, yeah, we're going with it. We're for it. I love it now. I love it now that people are like getting silver, you know, they're getting like silver highlights in their hair because like my time has come. I've been preparing for this forever. <laughs> okay. So the, the question to read it in its entirety, yeah, please. this is awesome. What is it like to age? What do the 35, what do the 35 year olds have to look forward to? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. What would you, what would you have liked to know 10 years ago? <laughs> well, first of all, the question says, what would you have liked to know 10 years ago? Maybe assuming that we are 45. Oh, well, that's nice. That's, that's very nice. Thank you. I don't Thank think you. anyone thinks you're 45. <laughs> um, you're almost 10 years old, almost a decade. They could have asked that question for you and it would have been, what What would your 45-year-old self like to have known? Take it easy, man. Take it easy. I'm in very early <laughs> Take it easy. 50s. Um, oh, somebody's calling you. 
Very, yeah. Sorry, I need to end. Or you're playing call, a video call. game. No, no, it was a phone call. It's a so yeah, some. I've got a I've got an answer. This is what I think, right? In mm. in your twenties, you're trying to figure out what it is you're supposed to be doing, right? In your thirties, you're trying to figure out how you do it. In your forties, you kind of begin to perfect it. In your fifties, you begin to teach it. Oh, wow! That's uh, it, did you prepare? That's a, such a profound. Say it again, Tim. <laughs> so people don't have to rewind their rewind. Podcast. They don't have to rewind their podcast was, on their cassette tape. <laughs> they got to get their pencil out and they got to rewind it. <laughs> Actually, what do we call what do we call that? It's not rewind. Is it rewind or do we just go back? What's the? It's rewind. It's rewind. Okay, we're still you're using right. that term. It's not, it's no, I don't back. know what it is. Okay, so it's this. In Hit your twenties, in your twenties, you're trying to figure out what it is that you do. In your thirties, you're trying to learn how to do it. In your forties, you perfect it. Hopefully, in your fifties, you begin to teach it. Um, there's probably some generational nuance here because when I talk to my parents, for example, mm-hmm. um, they were probably five, 10 years ahead of that, um, of that formula. Don't you think our parents were? Yeah. Um, or they thought they were, (laughs) I don't know. No, I think that, so I think we have prolonged adolescence now for sure. You and I played in a, in a, in a rock band for 10 years, for 10 years, probably five years longer than we should have. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, and I say that because I say that because that stunted me from doing some other pursuing some other things. Like I didn't get my doctorate um, in my twenties when I probably mm. should have. I waited until my thirties um, because I was I was just not I wasn't interested. I had this other thing going on, and I thought thought that maybe a, a career trajectory of some sort. So so I think that's part of it. I also think that um, I think there's a lot more to know now. Like mm. I want I want to give I, I absolutely want to give. Um, kudos, props, I don't know, to the older generations where they had to, there was a certain body of knowledge that they had to to gain and then they could be called experts in certain things. But I think that that knowledge as it exponentially grows, it is now harder to master certain things, if yeah. that makes sense. Because there's just an exponential growth in, the, in not only the idea of knowledge or what, but, the, but in the, in the, simple volume and accessibility of knowledge. And so I think it takes us longer to learn how to do certain things. Also because I think the rate of change and the pace of change is changing so significantly. So going back to our previous discussion, when we're talking about education, you've got people who have had tenure for 30, 40 years that are still in the academy, if it were, as it were, the, you know, still in education, tertiary education, who now have to pivot Their whole life has been 40 years of a particular style and method of teaching. And now they have to pivot in, in a week to give that information in a vastly different way. Some of them will, I mean, they're brilliant. So some of them will do it without a problem. Some of them will literally go, it's time to retire. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and some will struggle very deeply to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Some will definitely. Um, I think our, I think, Previous generations had to, to they had to process assimilate and process information differently than 
or they had a different relationship with information than we yeah. have now, especially yeah. the younger ones, because now really they're just getting really good at accessing it and knowing how to reference it and how, how to find it, not how to learn it. Have you seen it on a resume yet? Have you seen I'm a good Googler on a resume no. yet? <laughs> no, no, because, no, because I don't know that I've done a job interview without somebody mentioning, like, I'm really good at finding things online. That's, that's, that's really funny. Which you want to know the truth? That's, that's a good skill. Like I'll pay for that skill sometimes. Like it's important. <laughs> uh, what else would you say to your 35 year old self? Um, yeah. So I didn't know this until I was, until I was probably 43 or 44. I worked with a, uh, I worked with a, um, uh, an Alzheimer's um, expert. Dr. Dean Scherzai, who's an amazing guy. He's written, um, he's written some amazing books on the connection between your health when you're younger and your, your brain health when you're older. And he basically says the way that you treat yourself in your thirties and forties has a direct correlation to the way you will express your health, specifically, um, neurological health in your fifties and sixties. And I think that's, I think that's huge. Be healthy, be healthier earlier which is funny because you think you would be, but I would mm -hmm. say my 30s were my most unhealthy years and my 40s have been much healthier. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, what would you um, say to your 35-year-old? Uh, um, I would say two things. One, don't fear change as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we treat some decisions like in, when we're younger, we treat decisions like they're so massive and irrevocable. Mm -hmm. They aren't right. I mean, some promises and covenants we make are definitely irrevocable, but, um, I especially think about people who, cause I worked with a, you know, college age population for a long yeah. time who yeah. obsess so much about getting, getting it right and making the right decisions about career, vocational path. And, um, Hey, what, what am I, what am I going to be doing in 10 years? You know what? Be flexible, mm -hmm. adapt and don't fear change. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's good. I, I would add one more, which is, um, if you've, if, if you want to read a good book and this is a good time to read this book in particular, Greg McCowan wrote a book called essentialism. And, um, I think he says some incredibly profound things, but one phrase that has stuck with me is um, do less, but better. Mm. Mm. Do less, but better. And I think we could, I, I think I would have done well in my thirties to have tried to do less, but have done a better job at, at the, the fewer things that I did. Wow. That I think creates a longevity in your career and your lifestyle, your, your, the way that you live. That's important. Mm. So here's my la last thing I would say. There's a lot, but one, one the last thing I would say is that um, I think related to your comment about taking care of your neurological health, your health in general mm -hmm. uh, earlier, is I would say be more intentional and deliberate about the relationships and the networks that you are investing in yeah. earlier on yeah because those are the ones that are, will sustain you mm -hmm. i just know a lot of people in my stage of life who begin to realize hey i all of my energy and focus went to my professional career or um 
or whatever other you know thing you invested in and you find yourself alone lonely and this is when you try to try to begin the connections with people that really are only possible when you've been with them for 20 30 years Uh, yeah you sacrifice your tribe for your success yes and then then it's then it's pretty lonely success yeah yeah um so yeah invest in that Invest, invest in a tribe or community that will be with you for a long time. Mm, that's a long good. time. Listen, I think we have time for just one more thing. Okay. And that one thing I want to do, since you already kind of referenced it a little bit, is the inspiring, what inspires you? Tim, what inspires you right now? What kind of things are you doing, reading, watching? Uh, did I miss anything? Listening to kind of dance moves are you uh, learning working on working on i'm learning tap actually actually (laughs) i watched gregory hines when i was growing up and i used to love that dude his tapping and i always thought man i would love to be a tap dancer and then i tried it once i put tap shoes on and i tried it Mm -hmm. and that was not inspirational for to anyone (laughs) like just walking in them it it was clear like that's not a good thing for me um (laughs) no so what am i reading um, you know, I, I'm in the midst of, uh, I, I, this is not bragging. I'm in the midst of writing a book right now and it's going along with the series that we're coming out with. So I'm writing the series guide and I'm writing a book at the same time and I'm putting sermons together for it. <clears throat> um, it's called faith by design. And that will be our series. That's going to come up after this gaining ground series in Thessalonians that we're doing. Um, and so I have to have a lot of it done in the next five weeks, but, um, so I'm reading a lot actually around the book of James and I'm reading a great deal. Um, I'm reading a great deal of uh, stuff around design thinking and experience design. And one of the books that always has captured my attention is insanely simple. Um, it's by one of the first designers in um, Apple's universe, if you will. And he talked about the incredible desire to be, to keep things simple and how that, plays out in design. So that's a good, a good book for me. I read a lot of, a lot of experience design books, a lot of, um, the experience economy. That's a great book. Um, a lot of things around that and and always a lot of deep kind of theological things. I'm reading one right now though, a philosophical book. It's a book of philosophy called what if we're wrong? Hmm. And it's, I mean, it's even like, it's philosophically so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, consistent that like you open up the book and it's upside down because they put the the cover on the book upside down purposefully mm. to give you a moment of like, oh, wait, hang on, let me turn that upside down and begin to look. And that's pretty fascinating because, um, because it's a philosophical take on what we think we know. It's kind of a, a lot of epistemology involved in it. And one of the things it says is that to think you're right, you also have to think that there's no more knowledge to be had. Mm. And so... So there's a false premise to the idea of right or correctness mm. because we thought we were correct about things in the 1940s that we absolutely were not correct about when science discovered more or we made you know more technological advances or that sort of thing. So that's kind of interesting. So uh, I think anything that keeps your mind stimulated is inspiring and really important. Um, during a crisis, I'm incredibly blessed and incredibly inspired by the stories of people stepping out and doing mm you know, doing works of compassion. That, that to me is incredibly inspirational. 
And then music, man, you got to have a lot of music in your life. You got to find those things that feed you again and again and again. What kind of music? Name, name one artist that you're listening to right now. Um, so this, this guy's been a go-to for me for a long time. Um, a guy by the name of Noah Gunderson. Hmm. Um, yeah, we used to have him come back in the day when I was, was 10 years ago, when he was first kind of starting out his career. And I think he's just become a deeper and deeper songwriter. Um, and so I really appreciate his stuff. Um, good. Anyway, yeah. That's me. How about you? What's inspiring to you? Oh, I asked the questions here, buddy. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the asker. Uh, but uh, I, but <laughs> I just asked, I just asked you. Um, I'll tell you what I read recently. This is probably not in the realm of, it is actually in the realm of inspiring. I'm going to call it that. I read a book by BJ Miller, uh, Beginner's Guide to the End, mm. um, which is a written by uh, the author, his work. He's a physician who works in palliative care and end of life um, care. Mm. And so his premise is that we don't spend enough time but very popular TED talk, by the way. I bet. Um, but we don't spend enough time thinking about the end. Mm. And although this sounds kind of morbid and dark, um, it's actually really great because it's it's actually not morbid and dark. Is that he's trying to encourage us to think? It's by the way, experience design. How to how to experience design a better way to for human life to end. Wow, that's good. Um, he says it, one thing that really struck me in his in his book is that. He says, we devote so much attention, work, and energy to designing the things that we do so often in life. Eating, now we've got a whole industry devoted to how to eat better, how to, um, yeah, how to, how to experience that in a more beautiful, it's a, it's a necessary thing for humans, right? We have, to right. Have, we have to eat, but we don't just eat blocks of protein and a block of vitamins. We actually care so much about it. Architecture. Um, he says, we, mm -hmm. we, we spend so much time thinking about architecture and where we live and we spend our lives in these buildings. We spend so much time on so many other things that all humans have to experience, mm -hmm. but no one does this with dying. Wow. Everyone wow. has to die and we haven't devoted time to this. So he's got this amazing, beautiful way of thinking about that. Um, how to design this better. So I read that. It was really inspiring and um, I highly recommend it. Um, what are you watching that's inspiring? Like, oh, what are you watching? And maybe not inspiring, but maybe like, uh, maybe it's taking, uh, it's taking up some good time. It's recent. Listen, I'll tell you this. Um, recently, this is a very pastory kind of thing, but someone sent us this um this link for a stage production of the life of Jesus called Jesus. Oh yeah. The title. Mm -hmm. And at first I thought, clever, uh, clever. It's going to be Jesus. It's going to be, it's going to be cheesy. Right. But it was amazing. Really? Yeah. The sight and sound production. So I, I got sent that too, right? You need to watch it. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it. Rod. Oh, get, get the Rod, Rod Long from Australia. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Rod. Yeah. Shout out. Get your family together. Really? It's Maybe not good. pop some popcorn because it's the story of Jesus. We shouldn't probably be watching it like, you know. But it was absolutely breathtakingly amazing. So, Watch it. This begs another question. What would be appropriate snacks for the life of Jesus? 
I, I'm actually, because I'd like to watch uh, on, and I like a leaven, snack now and again. Unleavened bread and <laughs> grape juice. <laughs> we're now... Jesus, are unleavened bread, right? <laughs> very, this is very sacrilegious grounds, probably, and we should probably... No, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. You just... You created an interesting, uh, you know, curiosity in me. <laughs> we, we, we're way over time. We, should, we, should we keep going on the resources that inspire? Should we come back to this next time? No, I want one more. Give me one more. Something that you're watching, not reading. We, we can read books. Uh, I want something that you're watching that I can access on like Netflix or Amazon Prime. And it doesn't have to be inspirational. It might just be entertainational. Okay, so our family's been doing movie nights, uh-huh. and some of them have been misses. I don't want to tell you about the misses because those were <laughs> they've been dramatic. Um, we saw um, Jojo Rabbit uh, yeah. two, two or three nights ago. That's a good one. Great, we what own a it. great film. We own you own it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I recommend that one. Maybe not for family families with younger. Yeah. Under- uh, children, but um, if you have teenagers, it's it's a worth it's worth mm-hmm. a, a watch. Yeah, um, that I mean, you know what? I'm not on a. I have a friend who has declared this year the the Netflix year. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of Netflix, Netflix yeah. canceled the account and everything. Whatever. I'm, I haven't gone that far, but I'm trying not to get wrapped up into a show that requires me to stay up till three p.m. three a.m. binging. Just for the record, there's no there's no show that re- that requires that. <laughs> I don't I don't think you sign that in the in user license agreement. You you go you what you're watching that inspires you, and then we'll we'll have we'll close this. What do you? Oh, uh, so um. Well, now I can't. Is it is it Chef? Is that the one? Oh, the one great. that has they're just gorgeous. You know which one I'm talking about. There's a bunch of cooking shows, cooking chef shows lately. But this one's really not, good. this is this one, I think it's in its third season and I think it's stopped. So it's a little bit older, but it the way it approaches food and the photography of food, I've kind of getting a little bit into photography now because of this whole thing and I've got this camera and I got to figure out how to use it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that that, that that show is shot, uh, chef's table. I think that's what it is. Chef's table, right? It's just gorgeous. And I happen to have a brother-in-law who's worked like at Thomas Keller restaurants and that sort of thing. So he knows a lot of these chefs and, um, it's just, it's phenomenal. And the food that they make is just unreal. So that's been, I think, aesthetically really, um, inspirational for me. Cause I want to create, I was thinking the other day, um, it, during this time, we have an opportunity to think about what we want to put into the world, right? We'd said yeah. it in a couple podcasts ago, like, are we just adding to the noise? Are we creating things of beauty and inspiration and and of value and gravity that actually make a difference in the world? I want to, I think I want to end my life. Like I want my epitaph to say a few things. It's going to have to be pretty big because there's a few things I want to say. I'm epitaph, you know, like good, good dad, like f- funny guy. Um, uh, wonderful husband, all these things. But one of the things I wanted to say is, you know, we're better that he, we're, we're better for his work. Like the world is better for the work that I've put into the world. And so I really want both aesthetically, you know, I'm married to an artist, so she makes these beautiful things. I want, I want to put beautiful things into the world, whether it's sermons, whether it's writing, whether it's devotional thoughts, whether it's podcasts. Um, we've got a lot of work 
to do on the podcast front, apparently. But um, I want to put something into the world that, that creates value, that creates meaning, and that creates inspiration for other people, which means that I've got to be in, inspired as well. And that chef's table really like just the opening credits. I'm like, oh, somebody thought really hard about how that could be beautiful. So that's what I want to do. Hey, a close, a good closer today. Remind us, some time ago in one of your sermons, you said that um, you told a story of a man who moved to an island in the somewhere, I forget where, and that it, his epitaph said um, something like, when he came, it was dark. Yeah. Remember that? When, when, yeah, when he came to us, there was no light. And when he left, there was no darkness. Yeah, that's what it was. It was, I was talking about the coffin missionaries, they called themselves, um, who, uh, who um, they left and they, they packed all their clothes in a coffin. They took their coffin because they knew they would never come back. He went to the Hebrides, mm. the, West, the West Hebrides. And wouldn't it be great if that's what could be said, uh, notwithstanding the fact that you want a, a very long, very long epitaph, uh, wouldn't it be great if that was a great summary of the work that, the summary of our work. Yeah, let's add that one too. Yeah, let's do it. I like it, man. Hey, thank you. Listen, Sam, thanks. Always appreciate the conversation. Thanks for guiding us through it. This is Sam and Tim, Tim and Sam, or as I said this morning, Sim and Tam, Tam and Sim. Uh, thanks for joining us on today's presence. Um, we promise we'll get better. <laughs> <laughs>